the left has us all wrong. We don't want to simply turn the clock back to a time when the status quo of elitist deep state bureaucrats dominated us. We want to restore the republic our founders intended, an America that is of, by, and for the people. An America that abides by its constitution without fail. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 218 of the Patriot Review. I got a really good episode for you today. Um, yes, it's an odd time to start. It's 9.45 a.m. Central Time. Now, normally I was doing a show every day at 9, but because the Blessed TV platform has changed and gone more towards a kind of the same model that uh, some of the other sites are using, but better because there's also a lot of chat features and stuff and um, uh, a lot of posting features that those th don't have, there's also about 30 great shows that you can see, and uh, it's all free over at uh, Blessed News TV. Also on Wimkin now, which is another awesome platform, and I tell you what, the, uh, the gentleman behind this platform, he is a true patriot, and if you want to check out Wimkin, I can't, uh, I can't express enough of uh, my gratitude towards them, and uh, just a great platform, so check that out. So why start at this time? Well, because I can. It's it's more flexible this way because of the platforms. But I really care what you think, and I haven't gotten a lot of feedback. I asked the question, when is a good time to start? When are most people watching? So if you have feelings about what time this show should uh, start, you can email me directly at redbloodedpatriots@protonmail.com. All right, so we are going to get to... What's going on in our news all right so we have the idf uh, announces commander who helped lead the hamas october 7th attack has been eliminated so the israel and hamas uh, war goes on the um the news out of israel is kind of up and down and of course the anti-semitism is just <laughs> It's just uh, mind-boggling, actually, what's going on as far as the anti-Semitism goes. There's just, I thought we had evolved past this as a people, you know? And I thought that the Jews have suffered enough looking back at history. And yes, I realize that prophecy says that they will, they will forever be um, attacked uh, until the last days. So, anyway... That is, uh, that is something that we're keeping an eye on. And as you know, we support Israel wholeheartedly. And we believe that Hamas is simply a terrorist organization that needs to be dealt with. Israel is kicking the can down the road, basically, if they don't respond and eliminate Hamas. All right, but it's not the only nation where we see gunfire. And we see some uh, pretty serious stuff going on, right? We see it on our own border because this resident in the White House, this geriatric patient, uh, this dementia-riddled old fool, has opened our border wide open, and the cartels are emboldened, and the cartels are starting to get more violent than ever. And this is going on right now, right now, 
just a stone's throw from the U.S. right outside the Arizona border. So Mexican cartel warfare near the U.S. border have been posted on X. This is videos and photo. Uh, according to retired U.S. Customs and Immigration Enforcement Field Office official or director, reports are coming in about a large firefight south of Lukeville, which is a port of entry in Arizona, between the cartel and the Mexican military. So this stuff is right on the border, and as you know, we've had bullets come across the border and them firing at our, our uh, Border Patrol agents. And this is only going to increase, and it is, in fact, Joseph Biden that is to blame for this. And all he had to do was to keep Trump's policies in place, and it would have been just fine. But uh, no, we know that you know the Democrats, they don't have any real credibility. They don't have any real facts to make their arguments. So what they do is, of course, always play on emotion. And the way to do that is to create conflict. And they believe that the majority of the Latino vote is going to come down on their side, which I think is an error because many Latinos are very strong Catholic uh, individuals. And um, that's not who we see coming across the border anyway, is it? We see military-aged males from mainly Muslim countries that hate our guts. We don't see the families coming across in, in big numbers that are just seeking a better life. No, we see an army coming across our border being welcomed into treasonously, treasonously by the resident in the White House. And that's the truth. So gunfire can be heard, small explosions, possible vehicles uh, on fire. It's, it is unusual for this type of direct contact between the cartel and GOM in that area. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's only going to get worse unless we do something. And uh, we can only do that by, <laughs> by reducing or eliminating the flow of illegals that are coming up. If they know they can't get in, they won't come. They know they can't get in, they won't come. It's much more humanitarian to stick to our laws and make them come in legally so that we, A, have a chance to vet them and take our national security into account, and B, we have to use less resources, and Mexico has to use less resources dealing with immigrants, with illegal immigrants, with illegal aliens, so that they have more time to deal with the cartels. And yes, of course, there's all kinds of corruption and uh, cash involved in that. I'm aware of that, of course, as well. But certainly, if they didn't have to expend their energy and resources dealing with these this drove, this army, literal army, coming in to invade the United States and change our country forever in very, very negative ways, they would have the time to deal with stuff like this. So that's going on on the border as we speak. Um, Next story I have, GOP lawmaker pushes bill seeking harsher penalties for felonies by previously deported illegal aliens. Now, this has been a problem that those of us who are conservatives have been pointing at for years. All of the crimes, how many American lives have to be lost, whether it's by illegals driving drunk, whether it's by illegals getting violent, how many lives have to be lost in the sense of the, tra the traumatic um, effects of, of rape, and uh, assault, you know, and how many Americans have to be lost due to drugs, fentanyl alone killing 
You know, I've heard numbers 120 to 150,000 Americans every year. Now remember, we fought a war in Afghanistan for 20 years. Over 3,000, approximately 3,000 people dying on 9-11. Every one of us who lived and was old enough uh, to remember that day, we know exactly where we were when we heard the news. We remember how outraged we were. We remember how there was a, a sense of unification even between the two parties. And we saw people on both sides of the aisle taking time to actually put put be American, being American first. And uh, that was really something to see and something I, I hope to see again in our future, uh, which seems so, so far away from where we're at today. But um, so we fought a war for 20 years over that, yet we're losing hundred, literally hundreds of thousands because it's not just fentanyl, right? It's everything else. It's also the child trafficking. I talked about that yesterday. The trafficking that's going on is just destroying kids' lives, just destroying their lives completely. And um, that's something that, how come we have, uh, you know, the Democrats, they, they always try to come at things as if they're the moral, they're the moral high ground. They're the ones who believe in, you know, the, supporting the little guy. They're the ones who believe in this. It's all bull because, um, this border situation, it only ends up in rape and death and murders along the way to get here, right? It, it involves people selling their children to get them into the United States. I mean, it is absolutely tragic. And don't be fooled. They know this is going on. So this Florida legislature, uh, a bill was uh, put forward to impose harsher penalties for felonies committed by previously deported illegal aliens. Republican Senator Blaze Ingaglia of Spring Hill introduced Senate Bill 1036 to specifically address the issue of illegal aliens criminally, uh, criminality and re-entry. So this is, I threw this in there because obviously this is what we want to see more of. We want to see instead of the FBI uh, and all the three-letter alphabet soup uh, jackbooted thug agencies you know, sitting in our churches and calling us domestic terrorists. We want them to, to actually all collectively protect us from enemies, foreign and domestic. And that is, after all, the oath that, uh, you know, that many of them take and that our politicians take. Yet we see treasonous acts almost on a daily basis now, which is really sickening. <clears throat> another uh, another <laughs> good story. Another story to, to say that, hey, we are having an impact is this story. Harvard's Claudia Gay resigns, ending the shortest presidency in the university's, university's history. Well, if there is anybody who's really a, a racist by def definition, it would, be, it would be this gal, in my opinion, right? In my opinion. So she resigned Tuesday amid a growing... Um, plagiarism scandal and criticism of a response to anti-Semitism on campus. Um, it is with a heavy heart, but a deep love for Harvard that I write to share that I will be stepping down as president, she wrote in an open letter. Good riddance. Good riddance. We don't need people like you teaching our, our kids, our young adults. Uh, we don't need people you like you leading the charge because you're destroying this country. 
right? And of course, she claims racism. She throws the race card out there, which is ironic because, like I said, you know, she certainly sees the world through race, and that's it. So, good riddance to her. All right, so I will be right back after this, and I've got a video that I want to show you. I really like these. It's Forgotten History videos. I showed you the most corrupt LBJ, and I do this because it doesn't make sense for me to reinvent the wheel. And this this uh, uh, this show, this uh, video series is so well done. You're going to want to get a notepad and pen or pencil because... There's all kinds of great facts coming your way that you can use to bolster support for President Trump to argue against the, the, the lies that have come out of the fake news since 2016, 15, actually. Um, so you're going to want to do that because this thing is chock full of you know, things that you may have forgotten about already and talks very directly about them. And it'll be good for you to have on hand when you, you know, in your mind, actually, when you're debating these issues, because that's what this whole season is about, this Operation Restore in 24. So my goal, my mission is to provide you with good information and action items. And this is really good information. So I share stuff like that. And we'll be right back for you to watch it. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I um, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was it was just a horrific. Sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We uh, we took her BiPAP off; it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that. The color of Grace changed, and um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. 
We don't just need food. We need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on Kingdom Fuel now. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. All right, we're back. I just want to say that you can get your hands on some Kingdom Fuel at Sherwood.tv slash TPR. Sherwood.tv slash TPR. You can always use the code TPR if you're on the regular website. Uh, also, the documentary Breaking the Oath. If you haven't seen that yet, I think I'm actually going to put it up on um, on on the, the Blessed News TV site and uh, Wimkin as well. So I'll, I'll get that up there in the next few days. If you want to see it right now or after the show, preferably, you can do that at redbloodedpatriots.com. And you just scroll down past the episodes, you'll see another bar that you can select from documentaries, and it is the first documentary. You can check it out there or on my film produ production website, America First Productions, America the number one stproductions.com, and check it there, check it there for free. Or you can purchase a director's edition, which gives you extended interviews. Use the code America First, the number one ST, and get 10 bucks off. And uh, that that would be greatly appreciated to help support the time and effort put into the documentary and because I'm going to do future documentaries as well. All right, so we're going to get to this video now. The Forgotten History videos by Colin Heaton are absolutely outstanding. This one, now normally he does the most corrupt, right? And he's doing a, he's done a, a number of most corrupt videos and I've showed the LBJ video, for example. Um, but this one is the least corrupt, and it deals with Donald Trump. So hopefully you have your pen and paper, and you're ready to go. I'll be back to make some closing comments. Donald J. Trump went from businessman to president in 2016. However, his controversies as president, the illegal Democrat campaign against him, the deep state conspiracies to remove him from office, as well as the proven lies that were continuously perpetuated by the mainstream media, will be covered and disproven, citing published sources and first-hand accounts from those persons who were there. Why was there such a concerted effort to fabricate lies and create a smear campaign against Trump? Why was there so much effort put into the major media outlets to promote falsehoods? Why did the various federal agencies also climb on board to assist in creating these fabrications, to include officials and various former directors committing perjury and sworn testimony to both houses of Congress? Hello, I'm Colin Heaton, military veteran, historian, author, and welcome to this episode of Forgotten History.
Donald John Trump was born on June 14, 1946, in Queens, New York. His father was Fred Trump, born in 1905 to German immigrant parents. His mother was born in Scotland in 1912 and immigrated to the U.S. in 1930, becoming a naturalized citizen in 1942. She and Fred had five children, Fred Trump Jr., who died in 1981, Mary Ann and Elizabeth, and younger brother Robert. Donald Trump received a Bachelor of Science degree in economics from the University of Pennsylvania in 1968 following which his father named him president of his real estate business in 1971. Trump then renamed it the Trump Organization. Trump never appeared to have any serious interest in national politics and was a registered Democrat and Republican at various times. But his focus was on his own businesses in construction and renovation of skyscrapers, public buildings, hotels, casinos, and golf courses worldwide. But in 2000, Trump ran for the presidential nomination as the Reform Party candidate in the California and Michigan primaries against Republican nominee George W. Bush and the likely Democrat nominee Al Gore, but he withdrew from the race in February of 2000. In February 2011, Trump suggested that he would challenge President Barack Obama in the 2012 general election during his appearance at the Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, giving speeches in early primary states. The media did not take him seriously, and in May 2011, he announced he would not run, and instead he endorsed Mitt Romney in February of 2012. In June 2015, Trump again announced his candidacy for president against the Democrat frontrunner Hillary Clinton. Once again, his campaign run was not taken seriously by the media or political analysts, but he rapidly climbed above the other Republicans in the national opinion polls. His position of being a political outsider, not owing allegiance to the lobbyists, big corporations, and his announcement that he would fund his own campaign without taking major corporate contributions in order to not owe anyone anything struck a chord. Trump outlined all that he saw wrong with the D.C. swamp to include the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, American businesses going overseas to avoid high tax rates and operating costs, and the promises of bringing corporations and jobs back to the United States resonated with the population. Many blue-collar workers whose livelihoods had been crippled as a result of offshoring their jobs and Trump pointed out the high cost and financially devastating impact of the Affordable Care Act upon individuals and businesses. Trump also campaigned on rebuilding the military, stopping taxpayer funding for programs that harmed the economy, ending the war on terror, securing the southern border, enforcing immigration laws, rebuilding the military structure in total, and protecting coal, oil, and natural gas jobs, and that saw him become the front-runner in March 2016. The media had been very friendly to Trump over the decades until his announcement that he would run as a Republican in the 2016 presidential election. After that, they always tried to portray Trump as a business failure, racist, and misogynist. Yet, despite these setbacks, the majority of his businesses continued to thrive in varying degrees depending upon the national and global economics. Trump also pointed out the fact that NATO was being paid for by the American taxpayer. For decades, 
NATO countries had failed to pay their 2% GDP dues, yet still expected U.S. protection, and he said that NATO was obsolete. He stated that he wanted to address the U.S.-China relationship and strike down the free trade agreements such as NAFTA and the Trans-Pacific Partnership and get the U.S. out of the Iran nuclear deal, clean power plan, and the Paris Climate Accords, also called the Paris Agreement, which did not pertain to China and India, but was targeting Western Europe and the USA. Trump campaigned on modernizing and expediting services for veterans, repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act, abolishing the Common Core education programs, investing in infrastructure, simplifying the tax code, while reducing taxes for all economic classes, and imposing tariffs on imports by companies that offshore jobs. Many of those jobs came back. Trump also wanted an extreme vetting process or a complete ban on immigrants from Muslim-majority countries that had ties to terrorism to reduce Islamic terrorism in this country. Due to the policies of Barack Obama and the rise of the ISIS caliphate, he proposed aggressive military action against the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant. The media hit Trump hard after he was endorsed by former Ku Klux Klan Imperial Wizard and Grand Dragon David Duke, who agreed with Trump's policies on the border and immigration. Duke stated that he enthusiastically supported Trump and said, he and like-minded people voted for Trump because of his promises to take our country back. Trump was slow to disavow the endorsement from David Duke after he was questioned about it during a CNN interview on February 28, 2016, but he stated that he would not support hate groups. The media never mentioned the fact that his opponent, Hillary Clinton, openly admitted that she, as well as Vice President Joseph Biden, were great friends and were mentored by the former KKK recruiter, segregationist and open racist Democrat Senator Robert C. Byrd of West Virginia. Trump then hired Steve Bannon, the executive chairman of Breitbart News in August 2016 as his campaign CEO and Kellyanne Conway as his campaign manager. The alt-right movement, as it was called by the media, supported Trump for his Make America Great Again platform. Unlike previous candidates, Trump did not release his tax returns, which became standard practice since James Earl Carter released his in 1976. He said his tax returns were being audited and that his lawyers had advised him against releasing them. And there is no law mandating that process. In October 2016, portions of Trump's state filings for 1995 were leaked to a reporter from the New York Times. They show that Trump had declared a loss of $916 million that year, including accounting for depreciation, which allowed him to avoid paying taxes legally for up to 18 years. In a roller coaster political campaign season, Hillary Clinton led Trump in the national polling averages, if they could be believed. But as more of her illegal activities were becoming known, and the fact that she promised to put coal miners out of business and attack the fossil fuel industry, she had lost the lead in early July 2016. That was when Trump selected Indiana Governor Mike Pence as his vice presidential running mate. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton had three presidential debates in September and October 2016. During these, Trump twice refused to say whether he would accept the results of the election, 
stating that he would have to see how it goes, alluding to certain areas that always had problems with voting integrity. Republican Trump won the 2016 presidential election in the Electoral College with 304 to 227 electoral votes, while Democrat Clinton won the popular vote with Trump receiving nearly 2.9 million fewer popular votes than Clinton, making him the fifth person to be elected president while losing the popular vote. The majority of those votes were from New York and California, reinforcing the need for the Electoral College. The loss to Trump was a political shockwave, as the media, the pollsters, and the Democrat establishment had believed their own propaganda and underestimated the power of Trump's message and the desires of working-class Americans. Clinton had made many severe strategic errors, which Trump pounced upon during his campaign and even during the debates. Trump won 30 states, including the energy and industry states Clinton threatened and had suffered under Obama, such as Michigan, Texas, Kentucky, West Virginia, Wyoming, Oklahoma, South Dakota, North Dakota, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Wisconsin, with some states being considered reliable Democratic strongholds since the 1990s. Trump's message of bringing back jobs, national security, and energy independence were powerful, and the victory also had a Republican-controlled House of Representatives and Senate. His tough-on-crime posture saw him receive the vast majority of support from the various local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies and departments. In order to divest himself of anything connecting him personally to new foreign deals, Trump moved his businesses into a revocable trust run by his sons, Eric and Donald Jr., and one of their business associates. He also took only $1 instead of the six-figure salary as president, donating the money to charities. The media screamed hypocrisy since the Trump Organization expanded business operations in Dubai, Scotland, Saudi Arabia, and the Dominican Republic. Trump's businesses continued to profit, which was not illegal and expected to continue. Trump signed six executive orders during his first week in office, which authorized procedures for repealing the Affordable Care Act, known as Obamacare, withdrawal of the Trans-Pacific Partnership negotiations, bailing out of the Iran nuclear deal, the reinstatement of the Mexico City policy that blocked U.S. federal funding for non-governmental organizations that provided abortion counseling or referrals, advocated to decriminalize abortion or expanded abortion services. He also used his executive power to expand the Keystone XL and Dakota Access Pipeline construction projects, reinforcement of border security, and a plan to design and construct the wall along the U.S. southern border with Mexico. The Democrats had been plotting to remove Trump as a candidate, even during the campaign and then after he became president. Hillary Clinton and Jake Sullivan in conjunction with Fusion GPS and their friends within the Obama-established Department of Justice, Internal Revenue Service, Central Intelligence Agency, National Security Agency, and Federal Bureau of Investigation started breaking a lot of laws. Anti-Trump Republicans initially started opposition research against Trump during the 2016 GOP primaries to remove him, the dangerous outsider, but the Clinton campaign and Democratic National Committee took over the operation. Then. More than $1 million flowed from the Clinton campaign and DNC to the law firm Perkins Coy, which then hired the opposition research company Fusion GPS, who hired former British MI6 agent Christopher Steele 
who got involved. Hillary Clinton and the DNC had paid Steele an estimated $168,000 to gather information on Trump that could be used as political leverage against him. That became the famous Steele dossier, which was taken by the DOJ and FBI, Director James Comey personally, who certified the document as verified to the FISA court to get wiretap and surveillance warrants against the Trump campaign and continue the practice into his presidency. Comey and others in the DOJ even touted the dossier, claiming that without the Steele dossier, there could have never been any request for FISA warrants. All the mainstream media outlets claimed that the proof that Trump colluded with Putin to steal the election, supported by charlatan Democrats such as California Democrat House Representative Adam Schiff, Hillary Clinton, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and others who all knew the truth, yet continued to lie to the American people about the so-called evidence in plain sight. However, after the FBI, through Director James Comey, was caught with their pants down, they offered Steele $1 million if he could verify anything in the document. But only after the four perjured submissions to the FISA court came to light and he admitted that he could not verify the data. CNN even had to report that Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham Republican from South Carolina released a declassified FBI document showing the Bureau misled the FISA court four times, committing four felonies, and Comey also lied to the Senate Intelligence Committee in 2018 about the Steele dossier's primary subsource and, therefore, the reliability of the Steele dossier. To be clear, Multiple U.S. government inquiries uncovered dozens of contacts between Trump campaign associates and Russians, which have since been acknowledged, and those were proven to be legitimate business contacts. But CNN, in order to try and save face, stated, The candidate himself and his closest advisors even welcomed the Kremlin's interference in the election. Still, none of it added up to the collusion suggested in Steele's memos. What they referred to was Trump openly asking Russia to give him Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails that were under subpoena by Republicans in Congress due to the fact that she violated federal law, including the National Security Act, by having a private server to bypass congressional scrutiny of her nefarious activities. It was also proven that the server had been hacked by Russia, North Korea, and China, and perhaps others. It is also speculated that Iran may have hacked it, thus assisting in the planning in the 2012 Benghazi-Libya attacks on the U.S. diplomatic compound and nearby CIA annex on September 11 through 12, 2012, resulting in the deaths of U.S. Ambassador Chris Stevens and three other Americans. See our video on Benghazi for more information. Part of Clinton's loss of public support were her actions of destroying the phones and computers to avoid the evidence of her activities coming to light during the campaign, and Trump exposed this to the public during the debates. Even CNN once again had to admit the indictments secured by John Durham, the special counsel appointed during the Trump administration to investigate the FBI's Russia probe. Durham alleges that Steele's primary source, a U.S.-based foreign policy analyst, repeatedly lied to the FBI about where he got his information. 
The revelation of the criminal fraud perpetrated by Clinton, the DOJ, FBI, and the Democrats on Capitol Hill against Trump becoming public knowledge sent the liberals over the edge. They had won Pulitzer Prizes for their falsified investigative journalism, and many of the Democrats secured high-paying jobs as analysts discussing the great crime of Russia collusion, which were proven to be lies, which they knew to be lies all along. So, as a result, Trump was sued as a result of his businesses still making money for violating the domestic and foreign emoluments clauses of the U.S. Constitution. This was the first time that the clauses had been invoked against a president with any serious determination. One case was dismissed in a lower court, and two others were dismissed by the U.S. Supreme Court as moot after the end of Trump's term. There was nothing illegal for a man's companies to conduct business, unlike the Biden crime family, which made over $30 million in foreign profits and never provided a legitimate service. In addition, all of Trump's business bank accounts were long-standing, solid, and verified with federal EIN numbers and a track record of filing tax returns. Unlike the Bidens, who hid and laundered their illegal foreign money through 24 shadow limited liability corporations and never declared the illegal income or paid their taxes until Hunter Biden's attorney paid $4 million in delinquent taxes for him. Trump also supported traditional marriage between a man and a woman, but he considered the nationwide legality of same-sex marriage as a settled issue and no action was warranted. In March 2017, his administration rolled back key parts of the Obama administration's workplace protections, especially transgenders serving in the military. This was considered discrimination against LGBTQ people, but it was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court. The media that loved Trump before he ran for president turned rabid and totally lost all credibility, but they began running fake news stories, creating lies, using unnamed sources to support unsubstantiated allegations, and supporting unwarranted conspiracy theories while creating conspiracies of their own. Also stated by the fake news, during the 2016 campaign, Trump promised to protect funding for Medicare and other social safety net programs, but in January 2020, he suggested he was willing to consider cuts to such programs. What this statement fails to state is that Trump's plan was to ensure that illegal aliens and non-citizens would not have access to legitimate taxpayer-funded programs, thereby reducing costs. Trump also barred organizations that provided abortions or abortion referrals from receiving federal funds, which fell under the Hyde Act, which Biden has supported. He did not believe taxpayers should pay for abortions, which he also believed should be an individual state issue under the Tenth Amendment and not a federal issue. Trump was always a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment and did not believe that law-abiding citizens should be punished due to the criminality of others, that all Americans had the right to self-defense. However, Trump was in favor of capital punishment and his administration. The federal government executed 13 prisoners more than in the previous 56 years combined after a 17-year moratorium. Trump supported the use of enhanced interrogation methods, such as waterboarding, but he encountered serious opposition from Defense Secretary General James Mattis. In December 2017, Trump signed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, which had been passed by both the Republican House and Senate without any Democratic votes. The law reduced tax rates for businesses and individuals, 
with business tax cuts to be permanent and individual tax cuts set to expire after 2025, and it eliminated the Affordable Care Act tax penalty for those who did not buy it, removing the burdensome individual mandate. The Trump administration claimed that the act would either increase tax revenues or pay for itself by prompting economic growth. Instead, revenues in 2018 were 7.6% lower than projected. But that statement by the liberal media was not exactly true. Yes, it reduced tax income received from the tax mandate as people were no longer forced to buy the ACA. But the corporate tax cuts started bringing companies back to the nation and allowed companies to hire more workers due to lower operating costs, thereby increasing the taxpayer base. Under the policy, unemployment would be at around 3.6% by July 2019, down from 4.7% when he took office. It would not be until the COVID-19 pandemic unleashed by China that unemployment would start rising again. Trump did not agree completely with the scientific consensus on climate change and the global warming agenda. Hence, his pulling out of the nonsensical Paris Accord. He reduced the budget for renewable energy research by 40%, preferring to focus upon fossil fuel exploitation, approving leases, creating energy independence, and in the process, he reversed Obama's policies on climate change. This was another reason unemployment dropped and the inflation rates fell to 1.40% by 2020 before the pandemic. In fact, interest rates remained at about 2.4% until the Biden administration when they rose to 9% and are currently at 7.93%. Rates declined throughout 2019. When January 2020 came around, the average rate for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage was about 3.7%. Under Biden, the average mortgage interest rate for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage has been above 6% throughout 2023, soaring above 7% in mid-August. In June 2017, Trump announced the withdrawal of the United States from the Paris Agreement, making the U.S. the only nation in the world to not ratify the agreement, and the Democrats and progressive climate anarchists went berserk. Trump wisely explained that India and China were getting a pass not forced to adhere to the accord and increasing their coal-fueled industries while expecting the rest of the world to nearly halt output and convert to wind and solar power, which would cripple American production and GDP. Trump aimed to boost the production and exports of fossil fuels. Natural gas expanded under Trump, but coal production fell, probably due to less need for coal as natural gas production exploded. But Trump did not chill the coal industry, which is what Hillary Clinton campaigned on doing. Trump also rolled back more than 100 federal environmental regulations under the domain of the EPA, which the progressives claimed would increase greenhouse gas emissions, air and water pollution, and the expanded use of toxic substances. Actually, Trump's energy policy did nothing of the kind, and these assertions were refuted by the fact that the increase in natural gas production, which is clean, never harmed the environment. Air quality continued to increase under Trump, while the progressives still turned a blind eye to China and India. In response to the opioid epidemic, Trump signed a legislation in 2018 to increase funding for drug treatments, 
but he was widely criticized by the mainstream media for failing to make a concrete strategy. But Obama had not addressed that issue effectively either. U.S. opioid overdose deaths were reduced in 2018 but rose to a record 50,052 deaths in 2019. The progressives also claimed that Trump weakened protections for animals and lowered the environmental standards for federal infrastructure projects, which was not true. They used the same argument to fight him on building the border wall, that it was environmentally unsound. They were appalled that he expanded the permit for drilling and resource extraction, such as allowing drilling in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, also known as the Anwar. In contrast, Joe Biden's expensive China-made windmills have killed more wildlife, such as birds, dolphins, and whales, and done nothing to lower energy costs. By late 2018, the U.S. was exporting oil and gas to Europe, undercutting the same product supplied by Russia at an even better price and with a higher quality product. Domestically, gasoline averaged $2.26 and then down to $1.87 per gallon in most states by 2020, down $1 per gallon under Obama. Under Trump, oil production reached its all-time peak of 12.3 million barrels a day just before the pandemic. In 2022, the highest price under Biden was $5.07 per gallon, which finally fell after he sold the federal oil reserves to China and other nations and released it for domestic consumption, while still begging for oil from Saudi Arabia and Venezuela. Under Trump, the strategic oil reserve was filled at below $21 a barrel. Although the price of crude oil in the United States did fall to less than $25 a barrel during Trump's time in the White House, it still fluctuated up and down, but under Biden, oil surged to over $120 a barrel. The most important part of Trump's energy plan was to successfully reduce the value of foreign crude oil. And when he imposed the oil export sanctions upon Iran, that nation's economy was crippled. The Arab Gulf states were also thrown back on their heels as we no longer needed imports received at previous levels. In June 2018, the Trump administration, along with 18 Republican-led states, argued before the Supreme Court that the elimination of the financial penalties associated with the individual mandate had rendered the ACA unconstitutional. The media claimed that if they succeeded, he would have eliminated health insurance coverage for up to 23 million Americans. What this biased report does not say is that the Trump plan was to allow people already on the ACA plan to remain on it if they wished, while removing the penalty for those who did not want it and desired to go back into the private healthcare industry and have the doctors of their choice. Trump promised while campaigning to eliminate the national debt in eight years, but he approved large increases in government spending that Democrats voted for in order to avoid a government shutdown, increase the military, and build the border wall, along with providing the 2017 tax cut. The media reported mostly correctly later that the federal budget deficit increased by almost 50% to nearly $1 trillion in 2019. Under Trump, the U.S. national debt increased by 39%, reaching $27.75 trillion by the end of his term, and the U.S. debt-to-GDP ratio hit a post-World War II high. Trump's argument was that, by completing the wall, 
preventing millions of illegal aliens from draining resources, reducing crime, taking American jobs, and reducing drug and human traffickers would in time pay off. Trump made the claim that Mexico would pay for the wall. Of course, the liberals laughed at that. And as the Democrats scoffed at that statement, they knew that if he completely secured the border, it would doom future Democrat political arguments, which was why they fought him all the way to stop him from completing the border wall, despite his securing and funding the border wall, after the appellate court ruled that he could use Department of Defense money already allocated, as it was in fact in the interest of national defense. In fact, Mexico did pay for a large part of the cost of building the wall. Trump implemented the Remain in Mexico policy for illegals after reminding President Peña Nieto that tariffs could be issued against Mexican imports if he did not comply. This forced the Mexican government to put 30,000 soldiers on their northern border with the U.S. and also secure their southern border with Guatemala, from where most migrants entered Mexico. This process continued under the next president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Immigrants were then forced to file their asylum claims in Mexico to be heard by American immigration judges later if approved, but not on U.S. soil until President Joseph Biden ended remain in Mexico, stopped the wall construction, despite the materials already being paid for and deposited on location, and then he opened the southern border in violation of federal immigration law, national security, and his oath of office. The liberal media also reported that Trump had failed to deliver the $1 trillion infrastructure spending plan on which he had campaigned. What they did not report was that the Democrats took Congress and they would not act, kept the money from infrastructure to include completing the border wall wanting to save infrastructure funding for their own party and many rhinos who were anti-Trump supported the subterfuge. The ultimate shockwave to Democrats was when he appointed and had confirmed Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, three conservatives during his presidency to the U.S. Supreme Court. In part two, we will examine Trump's foreign policy, foreign and domestic perceptions, and the continued media attacks on the Trump administration, proving the lies planted by the media and his political opposition, the two unconstitutional impeachments, and the January 6th controversy. All right, so we are back. That is the, the end of part one. I hope that you... Uh got a lot of facts out of that i find a couple things uh just came back to my mind you know it's the first time i watched that uh pelosi's tearing up the the state of the union address and petty things like that and, and for once the guy who probably deserved to be beat up for his lunch money when he was a kid lindsey graham actually did something positive that that kind of um struck me and then isn't it interesting how natural gas appliances are under attack you know when they when um when you hear that national gas production soared and coal was uh, reduced and so it's it's like it's the next domino that the left's got to go after right so first they go after coal production 
then natural gas increases, and of course I go after that, and it's um, just absolute nonsense. And yeah, we all want a clean environment, but I tell you what, I spent 30 years in uh, in industries doing all the environmental reporting, and I can tell you that America is by far the best country on the planet when it comes to treating our environment with the respect we should. And um, as is pointed out in that video, China and India, who you know are like to use the excuse that they're they're developing countries, uh, you know, have a, a much larger uh, contribution to pollution. Uh, the climate change hoax in itself, you know, is being used for, as you know, is being used for gaining power and uh, diverting income, diverting wealth to the pockets of the elites, and that's all that's really about. Be right back after this. Hey Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to KirkElliottPhD.com slash The Patriot Review, get all kinds of free, great information, and invest in gold and silver for your future. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. Here's a nutritional hack anyone can master. Replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel. Or if you're a moth in the gym, add a shake to your daily meal plan. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber, 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fat, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life. No gimmicks, just results. Start today. Hey Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. All right, we're back. I tell you what, the guests that I usually have on the show are starting to uh, revive from their holiday hibernation. 
So tomorrow I will have Mr. Clay Clark joining me, and the show will be a little bit later because I have him coming a little bit later. So uh, just look for the live stream notification or watch the show after the fact if you can't watch it when it's streaming. I appreciate you all very much. If you can help in any way, you can uh, donate to the Patriot Review on either website. The Patriot Review is redbloodedpatriots.com, or you can go to americafirstproductions.com. And or you can use some of the affiliate products like um, the Kingdom Fuel at Sherwood.tv slash TPR. Any help you can give is going to get reinvested in to the documentaries and to producing this show. I do this all, all alone. So um, it's appreciated. And hopefully you're getting something out of the show. And, you know, I got some uh, some great guests lined up in the future here looking out a few weeks ahead already so um, things are rolling right along and uh, this is the year this is the year we have to be uh, active and uh, we have to be outspoken and we have to of course you know bring our issues and our knowledge to bear in order to save this country and save this republic because as Reagan said if there is no United States then the whole world is in trouble basically and um, we know that to be fact as we see when America is weak, what happens around the globe. And that is why we must get President Trump. And then after he's gone, the question is, who's next? Who's next that can continue the same America first policies and that can continue making common sense decisions, even though the media and the machine is against him or her? And um, so that's a good question. I'd like, you know, if you have an answer, I'm uh, certainly emailing your comment. But it's uh, an interesting question to pose. Is it going to be Don Jr.? Is it going to be, are we going to get into that family legacy thing? Is it going to get into uh, something completely different? Interesting thoughts. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for being part of the show and for watching the show. You're greatly appreciated. Uh, God bless you all.